Hello and welcome to episode 75 of the Cost for Pointcast. I'm your co-host Trevor Shackles, joined as always by my fellow co-host Colin Cudmore. Well, Colin, we've actually reached this stage. The NHL playoffs start this Saturday. Everyone got to their bubble safely. How are you feeling about how the different phases have gone so far? You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm a bit more excited than I was expecting going into this, even without the sense obviously not playing in the playoffs this year. It's been fun uh, watching how uh, watching the pre-playoffs game so far. I've been tuning in for almost every one so far. And uh, I don't know, it just feels nice to have hockey back. And I got my uh, nice setup going. I, I'm muting the broadcast, putting some good music on in the background. It's, <laughs> it's something that, I, that I've honestly missed more than I expected. So oh, yeah. it's, it's been fun. Uh, in terms of the NHL return to play process, it seems to be going well too. I mean, no COVID cases so far seems like a pretty great sign. Uh, I mean, who knows how things will go in the end. Um, we'll go further into the series too. But uh, I don't know, any additional thoughts on how, just how things are going? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's crazy that out of all of the, the major sports leagues in North America, I think the NHL has done the best job. Um, and, and some people have pointed out that they definitely have the advantage of having those Canadian cities in their league, uh, whereas, you know, the NBA wasn't going to, um, you know, have their bubble in Toronto or something like that. And, and NBA, they, have, uh, they haven't had any positive cases the last couple of weeks either. So, um, But they're also in Florida, which is a lot more, you know, that's kind of like the epicenter right now. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, NHL's done a great job in terms of making that as safe as possible. Um, and it, it seems like this thing is actually going to happen. And there actually is going to be a cup awarded this year, which, you know, even like a few weeks ago, a month ago, I wasn't totally sure was going to happen. So like you're saying, I really missed it. Um, even though Ottawa isn't in it, it's just just being able to watch games all day long is going to be fantastic. And um, yeah, it, it's just going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I'm still definitely concerned about this. Like this still should not be happening in my opinion. I'll say, I mm-hmm. talked about this a couple episodes ago, but I still stand by that. Like it, it's, it's really, it still feels inevitable that there's going to be some infections happening and it's a risk that's just not worth taking. I mean, it's still a huge risk i mean this isn't a toy to be juggling with like it's a very serious thing to be taking and sports as, as entertaining as they are are not really worth the long-term health implications that, it could, that this could potentially cause so i still keep that in the back of my mind when watching this and it's still uh very much a concern but at the same time mm-hmm. like it, if hockey's on I, i'm gonna watch it so um that's just been my experience so far uh, playoffs just start right around the corner. It's, it's kind of weird to think about just how uh, quickly this has been starting up. So uh, this episode is going to be fully dedicated to a playoff preview. Uh, very minimal sense talk this episode, probably no sense talk actually, but we're just going to yep. go through uh, each series, uh, talk about uh, what's going on. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. But with, with the with the play-in series so far, um, just the, the just the preseason games we've been able to watch. Do you have any kind of maybe thoughts on? how it's been going so far like do you do you like the way that they've been handling or even from a broadcast perspective have they been handling it i mean i think it's been pretty good overall um i I do enjoy the manufactured uh fan noise like i wouldn't want it completely you know completely no noise in there it would kind of lose some of that atmosphere It, it must be really strange for these players um you know scoring and only hearing their their bench erupt but I think overall, from a presentation standpoint, it's been pretty good. Um, I think one interesting thing, actually, probably the most interesting thing to keep track of during these playoffs is the fact that there's essentially no home ice advantage at all. Besides, I guess, you know, you get the last change on faceoffs. But um, in terms of like 
you know, momentum during the game or like taking the crowd out or, or bringing the crowd in. There's really going to be none of that. So um, it'll be interesting to see if there's more upsets this year because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, for me, just in, the, in terms of presentation, I think the funniest part is just that uh, the, all the tarps that are around and seeing how the Sens were roasted around yeah, the league for, yeah. for tarping up their <laughs> their stands a couple years ago, and now uh, the NHL is following suit. Apparently, so I don't know, Ottawa Senators are the trendsetters of the league. Apparently, so <laughs> yeah. um, I, I don't know. I just find that kind of funny. But uh, yeah, you're right. With a home ice advantage, it's going to be weird. It, it, it definitely feels like more than other years. Like the playoffs always feel kind of like a toss up between some teams. Like you, there's always so much space for randomness. But it, like this year, especially, kind of ramps that up to an eleven yeah. where it's just gonna be you'll you'll see this more when we preview the series but it just lots of tight series lots of unpredictability and even though some teams may look stronger on paper um a hot goalie or a strong score could uh change things in just a minute so uh should we move on to talk about the first series yeah let's do it so first series is well i mean no particular order but we're going in the east first um the highest seed and that's the pittsburgh penguins and facing off against the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, what do you think about this series? Um, it's going to be a... T- it, well, Pittsburgh is obviously have... Well, Pittsburgh obviously has the advantage on paper here. Uh, I mean, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, it's tough to count those guys out. At, like it's, it's impossible to count those guys out. They've won two cups recently. Um, but Montreal, you know, you, you can never really count Montreal out either. I mean, they put up some strong uh, underlying numbers, especially in expected goals. Uh, this past year, and I've actually been really impressed with their top line this year. Brendan Gallagher, Thomas Tatar, and Philip Dano. Uh, they were all like sneakily very off. Uh, cre- <laughs> they were very effective offensively, just very uh, great underlying numbers for all three of them. So um, it'll be interesting to see if the Penguins can handle them. Uh, obviously, Pittsburgh has the championships and in, in uh, the more recent championships and more playoff experience, but uh, so I think they got the clear advantage here. But uh, any other um, key players you're watching this series? Yeah, I mean, well, one of the players who I think is one of the most underrated in the league, Jake Gensel for for Pittsburgh. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's he's phenomenal. And yeah, you mentioned their uh, expected goals numbers, Montreal. So that is, um, it is quite interesting because they they definitely have those those strong underlying numbers, and I and I believe they have for a couple years now. It just seems like they don't quite have that finish though. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, at the same time, like a five game series is nothing. Like. All it takes is a couple lucky wins and then, you know, like a, a regular normal win as well. And you win the series like I, I I'll get ahead and I'll say that I'm predicting a, a penguin sweep. But, you know, at the same time, like, would it shock me to see Montreal win in five? Not necessarily just just based on on the total randomness of this, especially if uh, Matt Murray is going to be getting a few starts like I'd be much more. um trusting of Tristan Jari if I was a Penguins fan um and yeah like on paper there seems like there should be a huge difference between these two teams just in terms of skill level but yeah like you said I mean that that first line of the Canadians is probably pretty underrated um and although Price hasn't had a very good year um I don't know he he seems like a goalie that even at his age maybe he could steal a series so uh steal a series still Mm mm-hmm yeah, and I mean, you mentioned how it could really just go either way, and that's just kind of statistics. <laughs> I mean, the more, mm-hmm. even though Pittsburgh has the advantage here, like in terms of uh, probability of winning, winning the series, I mean, just the more times you repeat something is the more likely that the better team will come ahead. And 
I guess it's the opposite this year, where the less time to repeat something was only a five-game series, the less likely that the better team is going to come ahead. So, um, yeah, it's it definitely seems like Pittsburgh has the advantage. I also think it's worth mentioning that they're kind of got screwed by putting themselves in the scenario in the first place, just because the Metro Division is so strong this year that they had to even play in the playing series to begin with. Uh, I think going mm-hmm. into the playoffs, Dom, Dom Mushishin mentioned that Pittsburgh had a 99% chance of making the playoffs, and Montreal had a less than a 1% chance. So <laughs> it's been kind of a, a, a nice break for Montreal to actually have this chance of uh, of uh, making it to the actual playoffs and, and making it past the play-in round. So, I mean, so. Colin, they're also ahead of Vegas and Dallas in terms of points, and Vegas and Dallas mm-hmm. got a buy into that first round. Yeah, it, it's been kind of... The, the, the standings have been kind of weird this year just with how strong the Metro's been and it's kind of screwed things up for the league a bit. So um, it's a bit unfortunate for Pittsburgh that they actually have to play this in the first place. And uh, uh, for every series, I, I put down a player, just a, a specific player to watch for for each uh, for each team. And for Montreal, I put Nick Suzuki because he was so fun to watch in the in the preseason so far. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a, had a couple really nice plays. Um, and of course, he's just such a young guy too and has... Uh, what a hype coming into the series. So it'll be interesting to see how he can fare in the playoffs. And for Pittsburgh, it's a bit different. I put Jack Johnson because he was so bad this year and yeah. they played him way too much. And he was kind of the, the linchpin into some of the weaknesses that, that showed on Pittsburgh's defense. And um, so I'm just kind of scared that they'll start to over rely on him. N- not that I'm cheering for Pittsburgh or anything, but it'll be, uh, it'll be uh Interesting to see how they try and handle him in, in the playoffs because he's got that veteran presence. He's got that uh, veteran presence or whatever. Um, so hopefully they don't overrule on him too much and, and give minutes to the better players. So you want to see some exciting hockey, and I don't think Jack Johnson's going to really provide that. So, mm-hmm. And I see here you have an honorable mention, John Marino. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, like, yeah, he was he was phenomenal this year. I think he could have easily been up there for the Calder if it wasn't such a, a strong year for especially other uh, rookie defensemen. But yeah, he, he was phenomenal this year. Mm-hmm, for sure. And uh, just kind of a caveat for all of this, everything in this episode is that I didn't really watch much NHL this season. And I'm kind of going off numbers because I was so focused on junior hockey in the, in the draft. But uh, from what I can see, just numbers wise, John Marino really stood out in, in ways that I didn't expect. His goals above replacement was some of the best on Pittsburgh this year. And mm-hmm. for a rookie, that that's a rookie defenseman who I hadn't even heard of coming into the season is uh seems pretty great so if you can be a factor in the series all the better for pittsburgh yeah okay so i i had penguins uh going with the sweep winning three games what's your prediction for this series i'll go with penguins as well but i'll go for four games just playing the odds on this one and you know what the funny thing is i'd actually rather have the canadians win that series just so they don't have that shot at lafreniere so (laughs) Uh, it'll be a weird like I'll kind of be cheering for them and then just you know and the thing is I think a lot of Habs fans don't want to win anyway because they know they're not going to go deep in the playoffs yeah I don't know just uh, ultimate suffering for our Habs fans so whatever that entails (laughs) if that entails losing in the play-in series and losing the draft lottery then all the better but uh, that's true yeah I don't know whatever gives more pain to uh, the the fans that have betrayed us (laughs) exactly Okay, so next series here, we have the 6th seed in the East versus the 11th seed, and that's the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Rangers. What do you think about this one? Oh, man, this one's uh, this, this has the potential to be a very, very fun one. Uh, both mm-hmm. teams have oh, some great offensive firepower, especially on the Rangers. You saw how our, our uh, 
our former Swede, Mika Zibanejad, has totally gone on the rampage there. And Artemi Panarin as well, a Hart Trophy candidate, uh, who probably is my my personal pick for the Hart Trophy this season. Um, and just how well he, those two did this season could be uh, electric in the playoffs. Of course, for Carolina, the big loss is Dougie Hamilton, who in my books is, is a Norris Trophy contender. He ha- he's been so great in the past few years and has been one of the one of the um, few like true game breaking defensemen who can really dominate when he steps onto the ice. And uh, Brett, Brett Pesci's out too, which is kind of a blow for um, Carolina having two guy two guys out. But uh, Hamilton is definitely. Yeah. Uh, the bigger factor in this case, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's as, as exciting as it is. It's going to be a close one uh, because it, it could really just come down to whoever gets the luckier bounces or whoever, whoever has the better goaltending. Um, Cause that's just sometimes how the playoffs go. So I don't know anything else you, that has you excited, excited for the series. Yeah. Like to me, the Rangers are such an interesting team to watch because they were, I mean, they obviously started, pretty poorly um you know like the first half of the season but they were one of the hottest teams in the last month or two i guess mm-hmm. and like you were mentioning they have that star power they have Mika zabanajad and artemi panarin and especially those two like like zabanajad had uh i don't know if he had a couple five point games but he at least had like a couple hat tricks five yeah, point five, game like the five goal game Five goal, yeah, right, yeah, of course, and like I was acutely aware of that too because he was on my fantasy team. Like I got him like right as he started on that stretch. I traded for him, so nice. it was just phenomenal to watch him during that time. Um, and also, like um, I see here that he's he's one of the players to watch in the series, but um, I think he deserves mentioning before that mm-hmm. if the Rangers are going to start Igor Shostyorkin, um, you know that's that's a huge factor, and honestly, like. I think he'll be their starter um, to begin next season. And I think he could become one of the best starters immediately. Um, You know, he's been a star in the KHL, in the AHL. And I think he played 12 games this year with the Rangers. And he had like a, I want to say like a 933 save percentage, I believe. Um, So this is a guy that's just, you know, he could really carry that team despite the fact that Carolina's shot numbers are much better. Like the Rangers definitely aren't a great defensive team yeah they're on both sides there's guys with game breaking potential who which is a matter of who's going to show up and, and who's going to steal the games and for carolina that guy could be andre sveshnikov and that's my player to watch for them mm-hmm. he had a massive breakout year this year just extreme goal scoring potential as one of the top goal scorers in the league and i mean he's still super young and see the role he's taken on on carolina this year is uh has been phenomenal and just <laughs> extremely fun player to watch for uh my opinion. And for the Rangers, I put him as my player to watch with Shesterkin as well. But also Henrik Lundqvist, because uh, it's, it's, it's still not entirely clear who's going to play most of the games for uh, for the Rangers in the playoffs. And this could potentially be the last year for uh, for Hank in the playoffs or with the Rangers. So uh, we'll have to see um, what the storyline is going to be there. But uh, I mean, yeah, Shesterkin, as you mentioned, he, he's dominated everywhere he's been. Yep. Um, but whether he can keep it up in the, in the NHL, I mean, yeah, the bits he's shown has been great, but uh, let's see how we can fare in playoff action against one of the league's most uh, exciting and high-octane offensive teams in Carolina. Yeah, and I, I think I think this is easily going to be the most entertaining series, um, you know, out, out of all eight of the series. So mm-hmm. I will go with, I think it's going to be super close. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rangers win, but I'm still going to take Carolina in five. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with, let's see, 
Yeah, I'll go with Carolina as well. I'll go with Carolina in five. I'll agree with you on that one. Okay. Yeah. So that honestly, like, really looking forward to that series. Um, so the, moving on to the next one, we have the New York Islanders versus the Florida Panthers. So uh, seeds seven and ten. Hmm. You want to take this one? Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, man, it's <laughs> going from Carolina and New York to the Islanders versus the Panthers. It's uh, I'm really not looking forward to this one. This this seems kind of like one of the more boring ones. Um, you know, both teams just seem very flawed where Islanders, they were one of the, uh, they were sliding very quickly. Um, you know, there was a decent chance that they weren't even going to make the playoffs at all. If the season didn't get shut down, they lost seven games in a row. Fun fact, JG Pajot still hasn't won. Um, as a member of the New York <laughs> Islanders, they lost seven games in a row right after acquiring him. So that's pretty funny. Um, and they're, they're just very reliant on their goaltending um another team with pretty poor shot metrics and then they just seem like a a bit of a paper tiger in that sense where where they're um you know it just seems like they're ready to crumble but then again a team like florida is not that great either they're the opposite in that they've had terrible goaltending from bobrovsky but they do have some of those star players like barkov and huberto so yeah it, it's really not i don't know i'm, I'm not loving this matchup at all to be honest yeah, well, I'm still excited by the Panthers and their offensive squad. Offensive squad mentioned guys like Barkov, Huberto, uh, even Evgeny Dadanov, and, and I mean former Send Mike Hoffman as well. These guys have some incredible potential to, to put up some goals, especially on the power play. They have some, one of the most exciting power plays on the league with that squad, and I think Keith Yandel, Keith Yandel as well. Or uh, is he still there? I can't even yeah, remember. Yeah, he's there. Yeah, Keith Yandel as well on the power play. Uh, that those five guys together have been pretty electric. So. Um, it'll really come down to whether guys like uh, Thomas Grice and Semyon Var- Varlamov can really stick with it for the Islanders. And even even the Islanders' defensive squad, too, they had some pretty decent guys there. Uh, Ryan Puak and, and Devin Taves are guys that you just don't see uh, getting much credit uh, around the league for some of the great play they've been able to do. And they're still young players, too, so they could be good for the Islanders down the road. But uh, in the series, yeah, if you're right, the Islanders just seem like a very flawed team. And, of course, Ottawa holds their, their first-round pick, so... Um, that could be very, very uh, well affected by how the series goes. So um, I'm, I'm excited for the Panthers. Um, I, I kind of want to see them actually get uh, some momentum going, but uh, you're right with the Islanders sliding at the end of the season and the Panthers as well, just kind of being uh, the flawed team, as you mentioned, I think it's a good way to put it. This, this series is going to be uh, a bit of a reset, hopefully just with the long break that, that they both had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think obviously senators fans are going to be cheering for the panthers to win um and it was pretty interesting a couple days ago i polled uh my twitter followers to see who they thought would win each series and i think like it was like over 60 percent of people thought the panthers were going to win which i mean i think the odds would say that the Islanders actually have a better chance but um yeah obviously going to be cheering for that higher pick if the islanders do lose then ottawa can pick between 13th and 15th so That'll make a big difference. Um, for this series, I'm going to say Panthers in four. I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to say Islanders in five. I mean, this is another one that's just really a toss-up, and it could go either way, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give the Islanders the edge on this one. Okay. And last one we have in the East, which is the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Columbus Blue Jackets. So eighth seed and ninth seed. What do you think about this one? 
ooh, this one has the potential to be very, very fun. And for many, many reasons, if Toronto gets swept, that will be the most fun outcome for me. But both, both <laughs> not if help. they get Lafreniere. <laughs> You're right, not if they get Lafreniere. But <laughs> to see, I don't know. But but uh, it seems same sort of thing with the Habs. I mean, we're just wishing for ultimate chaos for Vrogi's fans. So, but on paper, I mean, both these teams have some pretty great uh, players. So of course, Toronto definitely has the most exciting roster. Uh, at least in my opinion, in uh, in the play-in series with their forward core, um, I mean we we hate to we hate to see it, but uh, they really do have the best chance of of uh, moving on from uh, from this, but by, by a decent margin at least. Uh, I, I'm looking at public models right now, and that's what I've been gathering over the last couple of days, and all of them seem to be favoring the Leafs right now unanimously. And it's the only it's actually the only unanimous series right now is Toronto really? versus hmm. Columbus. So. Um, so it definitely seems like they're the favorites, but you can't sleep on Columbus either. I mean, they got some really big wild cards here. Uh, Elvis Merzlikens, for one, who came in from Switzerland last year and had a very strong year as Columbus's starting goalie. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois, the, who's still very young, but came in as a very, very strong two-way center for Columbus as their top-line center. And then they got, you can't sleep on Columbus's defensive core either. Uh, Seth Jones, um, Zach Wierenski, I mean, they'd have some decent guys on paper, too. I mean, obviously, it doesn't match up to the Leafs, um, who just have so much firepower, too. And their depth is incredible this year. But, uh, yeah, it, it could be closer than some of us may think. Any any other uh, sort of thoughts on this? Yeah. Well, I do think it's crazy that they both had the same points per game this season, which is just wild. Like, um, you know, you, you would have thought that Toronto had a lot more points this season based on, on the talent they have. Um, and yeah, they obviously have that star power up front. Um, I would say that Columbus is probably better defensively. Um, so yeah, I, I I think some people some people have been mentioning that they might be a bit worried about Frederick Anderson just because he traditionally has very slow Octobers. So the layoff between uh, now and March, you know, that's longer than a normal off season. So who knows if he's even going to be you know as good as he can be. Um, you know, then again, at the same time, Merzlikens, although he, he was great overall, he was definitely sliding, um, you know, the last couple weeks there. So who knows who has the edge there? Um, I do think it's going to be really close. Um, but yeah, why don't you talk about the first player you have to watch? I think that guy's really interesting. Sure. So my player to watch for the Blue Jackets was Merzlikens, but for the Leafs, I put Nick Robertson, who scored 55 goals in 46 games last year in the OHL. <laughs> just incredible and he was he was it was known on draft day that he was going to be a steal when he fell all the way to the Leafs and it's even more evident now um but yeah he it, it, he seems to have made the Leafs roster which is pretty incredible and I mean just uh it's such an exciting offensive talent um his shot is like a work of art it's it's just so incredible to see how versatile he is with how he can score goals uh he was fun to watch as well in the uh, uh pre-playoffs pre-playoff games as well so uh, we'll we'll see how that goes for him. Obviously, I I hate rooting for any kind of Leafs player, but if there's one guy I'm rooting for, it's probably Nick Robertson, just to see a young guy go uh, have success this early in his career. Um, another guy I was going to mention, who I forgot now, uh, was Cody Cece. <laughs> Cody Cece is on the Toronto Maple Leafs still. Is he still going to get minutes? It seems like it. That could be the thing that uh, takes down the Leafs, and that would be pretty hilarious to see. So, that would be fun, yeah. <laughs> uh, in terms of predictions, I'm going to go for the Leafs. Like, I, I, I know I hate to do it, but the Leafs, I'm going to say in five. 
yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go the exact same Leafs in five. Um, I I will say though, one other player that I would be cheering for, um, if the Leafs would do win is my original favorite Senators player, and that's Jason Spezza. Um, you know, I, I'd be happy for him if they if they go far. And honestly, at the same time, similar to Montreal, I wouldn't hate the Leafs winning that first round just so they don't get that shot at Lafreniere. But yeah, I'll go with uh, Leafs in five as well. Cool. All right. So the next series on our list is we're heading over to the Western Conference. And the first one on our list is Edmonton Oilers versus the Chicago Blackhawks. What's your take on this one, Trevor? Yeah, I mean, I think it's similar to Montreal where it's kind of, it's a bit of a farce that they're in the playoffs. And and I think for the Blackhawks, it's the same thing. You know, this is a team that's just really awful defensively. Um, and, And they were bailed out a lot with, having Leonard for most of the year and Crawford as well. Um, do you know if, cause I saw that Crawford was kind of questionable to play. Have you seen anything recently? If he's actually going to play? I haven't actually no. Okay. So, you know, if he doesn't play, then um, that, that makes things obviously a lot worse. They obviously have <clears throat> a couple of those star players, Taves and Kane and Debrinket, but yeah, Edmonton is definitely a lot better team, even though they're flawed as well. But they did actually make some good depth additions with Tyler Ennis, Athanasiu, uh, obviously Yamamoto getting called up. Alex Chiasson. So, did they trade for him? He's still on the he's still on the on the roster. I think he's been a couple years now. But wasn't he? Was he traded for at the deadline, or didn't I thought they signed him? I think they signed him, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Right. So anyway, but they have they have at least a bit better depth than they did before. Um, but yeah, like if, if Edmonton doesn't win this handily, I think that's kind of a bit embarrassing, even though I know it's a short series. Yeah, it, it's uh, <laughs> both teams definitely have very exciting players. Edmonton, obviously, McDavid and Drysaddle can just carry a team all the way to the finals if they wanted to probably. They're just that good players of players that they can probably do that. It's a matter of uh, whether the rest of the Oilers roster will show up and whether they can actually handle... Uh, handle uh chicago on the defensive side and even on the goaltending side because it's not like they have much stability in, in either of those positions um and uh yeah i mean edmonton even though they've definitely improved defensively this past year is guys like adam larson chris russell um who just still make me scratch my head why they're even in the nhl at this point because mm-hmm. they, they uh, uh they've had such poor defensive results and uh and it's not like chicago doesn't have that bad of an offensive depth either. I mean, you mentioned guys like Debrinkat and Kane, but uh, Dylan Strome had a big breakout year this year, and Dominic Kubelik as well, the rookie, uh, did very well. Um, but yeah, it'll be... Uh, um, it's another one of the series where the Oilers are definitely very favored here with with just the, the high offensive power that they have from McDavid and Drysaddle. Just those two guys can have such an effect, but... Uh, if uh, Chicago gets a few lucky bounces or a stroke of luck from whichever goaltender they're playing, and uh, it could go either way. So hopefully, yeah. It, yeah. I, I don't know who I'm hoping for this series, but in terms of predictions, I'm going to go for the Oilers in five. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm just going to go with Oilers for the sweep. You know, yeah, they, that's what it should be. So essentially, yeah. that's what I'm going for. Um, I think also we should mention just how cool it was seeing Ethan Bear's jersey with the mm-hmm. uh, his last name in Cree on the back. I think that should be done way more often. Like people were talking about how, you know, 
uh, wait, how do you pronounce it? Umlaut, like the the European, yep. like two dots or whatever, like those should be on jerseys and like accents or whatever. Like, I totally agree. I don't know why those things aren't done, um, you know, for like Lafreniere, like why is the the accent on the E not on there and things like that. So um, yeah, super, super cool to see. He's another guy that's actually been quite good on on their defense this year. So definitely better than previous iterations of the team. But yeah, anything else to say about the series? No, I think that that's really it. I mean, uh, Crawford really definitely has the potential to be a key factor here. I mean, he could, uh, <laughs> if he caused an upset, then all the better to him. But he also has the potential to, to uh, totally self-detonate and put Chicago back into where they belong. But yeah, I, it, it still definitely feels weird seeing Chicago here because yeah. like it, it felt like just in the middle of the season, they were one of the contenders to be tanking for a bottom five pick this year. So for, for a top five pick this year. So to see them in here is a bit weird. But you're right, the Oilers are definitely a flawed team. But let's move on to the next series. Um, this is next one in the Western Conference. This is Nashville Predators versus the Arizona Coyotes. What's your take here? Yeah, um, kind of similar to the Islanders-Panthers one where these teams both seem pretty flawed in that I do really like the players on the Predators, <clears throat> although it just seems like it's really not their year this year. Um, you know, a lot of their veteran guys have really struggled offensively. You know, Johansson, Duchesne, Turris, Arvidsson had a pretty bad year. So yeah, it, it just seems like they don't really have like that mojo, I guess. But at the same time, Arizona is a team that really struggles offensively too. They're going to be very reliant on, I would assume Darcy Kemper starting, if not Antiranta as well is fantastic. So um, they're yeah, they're really going to be relying on their goaltenders. But at the same time, UC Soros for the Predators, he was really good for the, I, I don't know, maybe la, like last month or two. Um, and if he's starting, that could be a difference maker as well. It'll probably be a pretty low scoring series. But yeah, not not two teams that I'm like very confident in winning the next round. Yeah, these are two teams that in my opinion, both lack an identity, um, quote unquote identity. But the Predators have always been that team that just that just goes a team out from the back end with Pecorine in goal and then the strong defenseman. I mean, they still have the strong defenseman. Rowan Yossi is still one of the week's best defensemen. So is Ryan Ellis. Uh, but they, there's no longer the powerhouse that they were. I mean, you look at the bottom of their lineup. They got Corbidian Holzer, who I didn't even know was still in the NHL. <laughs> yeah. It's still in the lineup. And Jared Tenorti as well has been kind of one of those divisive players in the Nashville fan base. But um, yeah, it, it is. And their offensive core, too, as you mentioned, it, it is not up there with some of the week's best but Arizona as well it's just a team that has lots of players who are like you, you kind of scratch your head it's like you, you would never imagine them to be on the same team together like you got Phil Kessel and Taylor Hall like who would have guessed that they'd be Coyotes at this time two years ago uh Derek Stepan who had a pretty awful year after getting that contract but he's there too even Carl Soderberg is having a bit of a resurgent year like like what is happening in Arizona is there some <laughs> kind of spell is casting them or something but um there's just two teams that like they have the players to potentially go far in a lineup if they can kind of gel together and work as a team but do they have what it takes to really work together and uh take them to the next level and that's that's, maybe that maybe that's not really the best way to put it but uh um it's just two teams where like yeah yeah as you mentioned they both have their flaws and they both struggled to score goals this year so uh, it's kind of hard to make anything of the series, especially with the break. It's it's uh, 
so much can so much can change between now between what it was like before then so um definitely not one of the series i'm looking forward to most i'd say um it's it, because of uh the low scoring as you mentioned but uh yeah i don't know anything else you want to add i like how you put that with the lack of identity i think that's totally true yeah like just uh, you know a couple years ago predators were definitely one of the best best teams in the league um obviously going to the cup finals three years ago as well and yeah now it's i don't know there's these guys are getting getting older they don't have a ton of good young players like on their entry-level contracts um and yeah same, same with the the coyotes they're just kind of it looked like they were going to be building a pretty good team but a lot of a lot of their young guys just kind of stagnated um but yeah in the end i'm gonna go with coyotes and four i think darcy kemper's you know over the past couple of seasons he's been like a top five goalie in the league so um, I think he can kind of steal that series for the Coyotes, although I do think they will probably have no chance in the next round. Yeah, I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to go Nashville in five. I, I like some of the pieces they have a bit more. I like Roman Yossi especially, and even Craig Smith, who's uh, one of their depth players, has been one of the league's best two-way forwards, and I think that uh, he, along with some, some of other some of, of Nashville's other depth players, can... Uh, can really get together and win this series but yeah I, i'm not a huge fan of either of either of these teams going deep in, deep in the playoffs this year but uh, i'll go nashville in five mm-hmm. okay um next series is the vancouver canucks and the minnesota wild so that is the what is it seventh seed and the tenth seed what do you think about this one this one seems to be one of the most divisive series it seems like there are teams who there are some people who seem very confident that vancouver could uh, totally dominate Minnesota, but others seem to be like seem to look at Minnesota and say like they had some very very good even strength numbers this year. They were they were very on brand this year, and they were very structured defensively, and they were able to uh, outmuscle a bunch of teams this year. And uh, obviously, Vancouver definitely had some of that firepower, and they're very young too, so it's very going to be very interesting to see how they can do this going forward. But you mean you look at Elias Pettersson who can steal games. You got Quinn Hughes who had an amazing rookie year. And then Jacob Markstrom in that, like you got those three guys alone could be massive factors in, in winning in winning the series. So, uh, but at the same time, I'm a huge fan of Minnesota's defensive core. Uh, I mean, Jared Spurgeon is another one of those guys who, who's been putting up amazing results year after year after year and uh, still seems to get underrated. And Ryan Suter yeah. as well. He, he's had a good year as well. Jonas Brodeen, Matt Dumba. I mean, heck, even journeyman Brad Hunt had a pretty effective year this year. And that's five guys who I love on Minnesota's defensive core this year. So um, obviously Vancouver definitely has some of that, uh, some of that firepower and has what it takes to go forward. But uh, this could, this has a potential to be a very, very close and tight knit series. It is pretty interesting that Vancouver only had one more point than the wild in the same, <clears throat> same amount of games played. But like, so uh, in that poll that I was talking about that, that I tweeted out, I think it was like, 85% or maybe like high 80s percentage of people voted for the Canucks. And I was quite shocked at that. Um, I do think that the Canucks are the better team and they obviously have more of that firepower, uh, especially up front. And I, I I do think ultimately that'll be too much for them. But yeah, like you're saying, the Wild, they are, you know, a, a lot, not a lot of people watch them or pay attention to them because they're generally pretty boring. Like they're always kind of in that like I don't know 14th to 20th range in the league they're never like terrible but they're never that great either but they do have a ton of 
defensively responsible players, um, including their forwards. And like, they don't actually have that many bad players on their roster. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think that in order for that defense to actually matter, they're going to have to have Alex Stalock be at least decent. Mm -hmm. Um, Their goaltending was brutal this year. And that that was mainly for, uh, because of Devin Dubnik, but yeah, it'll be, I think it'll be a lot closer than people think. But yeah, I, I do think in the end, guys like Hughes and Pedersen and Besser and, and even JT Miller, who was phenomenal this year, um, <laughs> led the Canucks in points, actually. I do think those guys will be too much for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's it's going to be a battle of, of the uh, high-octane offensive force of Vancouver versus the strong, muscly defense of Minnesota. Uh, personally, in terms of predictions... I'm still going to go for Vancouver in five, um, but I think it's going to be a very, very close series. And yeah, I don't know. I'm actually kind of excited to watch this one because of that. Yeah, I'm going to go the exact same Canucks in five. Do you want to touch on the the last player to watch you had listed oh, there? Oh, true. Yeah, so I've been kind of skipping over the players to watch. But uh, for Vancouver... We, we touched on most of them, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah for, for, for Vancouver, I put Quinn Hughes because it's his first ever playoff series. I want to see if he can be that true number one defenseman in the playoffs. Obviously, I think he's established himself as that already, but just if he can continue that in the playoffs, that'll be even more exciting. But the guy I want to mention in Minnesota is Miko Koivu. This could be his last ever playoff series with Minnesota. He's been there his whole career. It's been incredible defensively. He should have at least one Selkie trophy by now. Um, he's been that good for them. So uh, it, it could be the end of the career for uh, one of the, one of Minnesota's most fabled players. So um, hopefully yeah. uh, hopefully they can uh, um, at least put up a good fight for him. And it doesn't seem like he'll have much of a role this year, probably as their fourth line center. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I've, I'm always going to... I got I got a bit of a soft spot for the Miko Koivu. So I'll, mm-hmm. be, rooting, I'll be rooting for him. You know what's crazy? He's never been to a conference final. Whew. Like Poor 15 years. Fans. Poor I know, right? Oh, just, man, yeah. I feel feel for uh, Josh and Luke evolving wild. <laughs> yeah, totally. Shout out to those guys. All right. Well, let's move on to our last and final series that we'll be talking about. And that is the Calgary Flames versus the Winnipeg Jets. Before we start this, I actually just want to mention uh, an interesting thing. is that I mean, it's two Canadian teams, but it's funny that all the Canadian teams are playing in the play-in series, which means that the Sens are the only Canadian team who does not have a chance at first <laughs> overall, which I just find kind of wild. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but, I mean, talking, talking about the series, I mean, uh, Calgary versus Winnipeg, uh, two Canadian teams. Any any thoughts on this series? I think this is probably the closest matchup you could have. Um, kind of similar to other series where they both, to me, like, on paper, they should be so much better with the, the amount of talent they have. Like, Flames, you got Gaudreau, Monaghan, Kachuk, Giordano. <clears throat> um, Jets, you have Mark Shifley, Wheeler, Line, Hellebuck, all these super talented players. And they should be higher in the standings, but they're, they're really just, um, I don't know, for some reason they haven't put everything together. And yeah, to me, like, it is such a toss-up in this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have too much to add, actually. I think the, the one thing is that, like, um, the, the Flames have been, you're right, you're right, just the teams that just need to get things together. And, and I think for the Jets, some of that comes down to Paul Maurice, um, the coach who just hasn't really structured them very well, especially on the defensive side, uh, hasn't mm-hmm. been handling guys, has been handling some guys in some questionable manners. So um, just, I'll be interested to see how he can handle the roster of the series. And for the Flames, it's, uh, 
Uh, my player to watch for them, I put is Rasmus Anderson, who is just a guy I've been rooting for too. He's a young guy. Uh, he could potentially still a lot of solidify himself as a top four defenseman here. But, uh, but yeah, you're totally right that like these are two teams that have the chance to um, really make some damage happen in these playoffs if they, if they can get things together. But uh, it's just a matter of which one's going to do it. I mean, on the Jets as well, um, Connor Hellebuck, obviously, um, Vesna contender, in my opinion, should be the Vesna winner. Um, has the chance to steal games or even steal the entire series. So uh, we'll see how that works out for the Jets. But uh, it's going to be another one of those series. Like, watch the ones you talked about already, where it could just be a, a stroke of luck, a couple good puck bounces, and maybe a strong goaltending performance that could really take the series. So, Yeah, and, and I think... Like you were saying, um, I am going to predict that Hellebuck kind of steals this series. So I'm going to go with the Jets in four here. Although I do think those those four games will be close. Um, but yeah. yeah, I'll go with Jets in five. I think that's the only road team I'm predicting here. Really? Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, and then did you want to mention your Jets uh, player to watch? Oh, yeah. My Jets player to watch is Dylan DeMello, who was a great partner for Shabbat in Ottawa. But uh, we'll see if he can be that to Josh Morrissey this year. I think he'll be on the top pair as well. I think that's where they've been playing him, at least from what I've seen so far. So, uh, yeah, Dylan DeMello, we're, we're rooting for you from, from Ottawa. So uh, best of luck in the playoffs. Definitely, yes. Okay, so that is all eight series done. <laughs> and the funny thing is, you know, this, is even, this isn't the real first round either. So even after this, we're still going to have eight more matchups, which... Honestly, it's, it's kind of cool just how much hockey we're going to have. I thought it would be interesting, though, to go over a couple a couple teams that could surprise. Um, we can each go over one or two. So for me, I think the, the New York Rangers could definitely surprise, even though I, I picked Carolina to beat them. I think they have the potential to maybe steal a couple series. Um, I don't think they would necessarily win the Cup, but... You know, every year there's usually one surprise team. So I just, I think with Shostorkin and Net and Panarin and Zabanajad, they could surprise. And also the team we were just talking about, the Winnipeg Jets, pretty much the same thing with the Rangers where, you know, Hellebuck is, you know, he was the best goalie this year. And the amount of, the amount of star power they have up front um, just gives them so much potential. So I think those two teams are going to be really interesting to watch even if they get out in the first round. Yeah, and my pick is Vancouver Canucks, who I kind of mentioned as the trio of Markstrom, Pedersen, and Hughes. Those three can get going. I mean, watch out for the rest of the weeks. Those guys have the potential. Have All three of those guys have game-breaking potential. So it's it's uh, it's kind of hard to pick a wildcard team this year when so much, when they, it's a year that just feels like ever, anything could happen, um, right, more yeah. so than any other playoffs. But uh yeah, Vancouver's my pick this year. Um, maybe the, I'm not exactly picking them to go very far. I mean, they could, uh, they could, they, they do have a couple. They, I mean, they have a tough matchup in the first round against Minnesota, who I'm also a fan of. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, I mean, mm-hmm. it's such, so much randomness in the, this year's playoffs that it could go either way. I do think it's funny that if a team goes like, like say, if if Vancouver beats the Wild and then they beat. I don't know, the blues or something and they get to the second round and then they lose in the second round. That's going to feel like such a long um, playoff run, even though they only went to the second round. It's just so funny how like it's going to feel mentally this year. Yeah, for sure. This this has the potential to get very tiring on some players who are going to have to yeah. go through the play-in rounds and then all the way if they want to get to the finals. This is, and especially for the teams that got the, that got the buy in the, for, in the play-in round, this has 
this has definitely had some advantage for them where they can uh, go in even more even more rested and even more practice uh, than some of these teams that are coming in and have just had a couple practices, had a couple uh, scrimmage games, and then that, that, that's really it for them. So um, that could be more of an advantage, I guess. Um, well, they do have the, the round-robin games, too. Oh, yeah, true. But yeah, it's, but it's it, not quite the same. Yeah, it's definitely not the same of having the full season behind them and they're going right into the playoffs. I mean, this, this yeah. break is obviously posing uh, some changes to this year. So, um, yeah. So I think next thing we have on our list is going all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. We have lots of teams <laughs> to choose from this year, but who is your pick for the Stanley Cup Final? So in the West, I have the Colorado Avalanche making it. Um, doesn't seem like there's a true standout this year. There's some other good teams, Vegas and, and St. Louis mainly. But yeah, I'm going to go with Colorado. They obviously have that star power and their goaltenders have been fantastic as well. And then in the East, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Just And, and I'll, I'm going to go with them to win the cup as well. And this is probably like the third year in a row that I've picked them to win. But like my my mindset is just, you know, they got to win at some point, right? Like I was kind of at the, um, doing similar things with the Capitals where I probably predicted them a lot of years as well. And, you know, they finally got it in 2018. So I just think they're the best team on paper. And yeah, pretty, pretty simple. Yeah, and my, I, I'm not going to fault you for either of those picks, too. Those are two very, very strong teams. But I went very different. I went for Vegas in the finals uh, from the West. I'm just a big fan of the roster. They were able to dominate the ice at, at both ends this year. Uh, 56% expected goals percentage, which which led the league, which is incredible. Uh, I mean, Mark Stone is amazing, so I'm, I'm a bit biased there, but I'm rooting for him. Uh, Shea Theodore is amazing, too. I'm a huge fan of him as a number one defenseman. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, Leonard and Fleury, uh, could hold them in it just enough to make it all the way. So um, obviously there are still question marks with their roster, but uh, they've they've gone far in the past. So I'm uh, go- going for them this year. Uh, and in the East was a bit tougher for me actually because there are some a handful of teams to choose from, and there's not really a sexy pick this year either. So I kind of just went with the the Boston Bruins, who seem like the uh, the team that just always has the potential to go far. I mean, you look at their first round line of Marshawn, Bergeron, and Pasternak. Those guys can take over in the playoffs, and they showed that many times before. So, But between those two, I picked Vegas to win um, the expansion franchise, gets their first cup. I mean, yeah, just for all the reasons I stated. Uh, love the players there. And uh, I think we both awarded our consummate trophies too, and I'll, I'll just jump right to mine. I, I awarded mine to Mark Stone, um, which, looking back, he led the NHL playoffs in points per game last year. He yeah. was totally <laughs> dominant in the handful of games that he got in for Vegas. So, watch uh, Mark Stone. It'd be uh, a bit heartbreaking to see him get that glory in a nonsense jersey, but uh, I'm still going for him. Oh, yeah, that would be tough. <laughs> At the same time, I guess it would be it would be pretty funny to watch the Bruins lose in the finals two years in a row. <laughs> Very um, true. Yeah. But yeah, I, honestly, I mean, I could easily see that, that happening, Vegas and Boston in the final. Um, my con Smythe pick was Braden Point. I just think he's, I feel like he's not talked about as much as he should be amongst all the amazing players on Tampa Bay. I think he's their best player. Uh, well, I mean, he's probably on the same level as Kucherov, similar at least. But yeah, just I just think he's going to be fantastic these playoffs. And um, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else uh, that you wanted to mention? Yeah, well, I'm just excited for these. <laughs> Finally, excited to get some hockey going again, and it's it's a bit weird not having to uh, try and find some sort of draft uh, discussion to talk about because that's still a few months away. But uh, yeah, I'm excited and uh, looking forward to it.
yeah, honestly, like these playoffs are going to be so different than anything we've ever seen. And obviously, you know, watching them in the dog days of summer and even in September, you know, probably when when people are back in school and things like that. But it'll be pretty fun to be able to watch hockey games just all day long, especially the first couple rounds. But um, yeah, I, I'm just I'm just glad that the NHL has figured out a way to do this. Like we were saying before, I think it's you can have two opinions at the same time kind of being like, you know, you don't think they should ethically do this. But at the same time, you can still enjoy these playoffs, um, enjoy the the hockey that's going on, because I know I really missed it. And um, I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun over the next couple months. Yeah. And then in a couple months time, we'll find out who gets the Waxy Lafreniere. Exactly. And we just pray it is not the Maple Leafs or the Canadians. Pray, hockey gods, please don't give Lafreniere to Montreal. As I wrap it up, reminded that you can find the Cost Per Point cast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you really enjoy it, you can rate and review the podcast on those platforms as well. You can follow me on Twitter at ShaqTS, and you can follow Colin on Twitter at CudmoreColin, and you can read his articles at Silver7Sends. You can also follow my YouTube channel called The Hockey Shack, where I'll be providing lots of content about the NHL in general. If you want to submit a listener question for an upcoming episode, send us a message at CPPointCast on Twitter, where you'll get any updates about the show. That's all for today, and enjoy watching playoff games all day long. Adiós.